Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Um, so, we're just going to get ready to dive in today. I have uh, invited a few of my friends into a conversation, what I believe is a crucial conversation that needs to be had. And again, I've told you this, I'm not going to do a lot of the talking. You know, we're here to to listen and to learn, but I am going to take a moment and introduce everybody that's sitting around the circle here. Uh, and of course, ladies first, we'll start with you, the lovely Vicki Jones. Uh, you're the wife of Bishop Curtis Jones Sr., uh, who I'm going to introduce next. But Vicki, you're the co-pastor of the New Life and Spirit Revival Center here in Erie, PA. Uh, I understand, because I know your boys real well, a lot of your boys, uh, that you are a force to be reckoned with. Indeed. That you are a, a warrior for women, too. Indeed. By the way, leading a lot of women's ministries and, and championing, championing women's ministries. I uh, also know now that you are an amazing cook. Yes, indeed. And that you are soon to be putting those skills <laughs> to the challenge by opening a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Would you tell us what the name of that is again? Uh, Chippers. Chippers Restaurant, restaurant. Coming Soon. Soon. Coming yes. soon. And probably the reason you're such a great cook is because, check this out, anybody watching, <laughs> listening, you are the mother of 14 kids. Indeed. And 40, right? 40 plus. 40 plus Six. grandkids. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the women listening right now are passing <laughs> Like, you are a warrior. That is un- unbelievable. I have four boys, and I think that's a lot. You know, they keep me busy. But thank you so much. For here. spending this this time with us, and of course, uh, your husband here, mm-hmm. Bishop mm-hmm. Uh, Curtis Jones Sr. Uh, not only do you have a, a thriving local church, mm-hmm. um, but you've also spearheaded uh, a local nonprofit called Climate Changers. That's, Is that correct? That's correct. Where you're helping to reduce recidivism in uh, you know Erie County, really and beyond. I mm-hmm. guess absolutely. Uh, working directly with some of the men. Uh, from the Erie County Prison System, mm-hmm. um, and you have a heart for that because, as I understand, you are a retired chaplain from the Albion Correctional Facility. That's correct. Right? Yes. So you you love justice and mercy, mm-hmm. and you must love the fact that we all get second chances Amen. and sometimes third chances Absolutely. and fourth chances. So. Thank and you. thank you so much for being here, for all that you do. We appreciate you. Thank you for uh, having me. Tremendously. And then, of course, going around, we have James Sherrod, who is the director of the Martin Luther King Center here in Erie, PA. Um, man, you're a champion for, for civil rights reform and justice, and you guys do so much in the community. Uh, thank you so much for your heart. I know you guys have so many programs with, with students and housing, and right now you've really you know, taken up the torch and started delivering meals to families in this season that's so desperately needed, even opening up the MLK Center as a testing site, mm-hmm. right, for COVID. And I think the first few times we chatted, I called you Dr. Sherrod. I just, <laughs> I thought you were doctor. So, of course, he didn't correct me. He didn't, he was like, that's fine. Um, but thank you so much for all that you do in our community. I appreciate you. And last but not least, um, my good friend Ron Paisley who is, uh, you work at the Erie City School District as a caseworker for, let me get this right, it's the Student Parenting Program. And so, I mean, you have a heart for the next generation. You have a heart for seeing them, you know, be brought up into great, uh, made up into great leaders in our community. Uh, And not only for them, but as the head coach of the JV basketball team at Erie High, right? 
And so you have a heart for those students as well and seeing them uh, reach their goals in life. And because of your passion for basketball, you founded Crossover Basketball, which is a local kind of youth basketball program, right? That's, that's turning out some great players, Absolutely. but probably even, you know, greater people. I mean, you really invest in them and love them and it's a lot of character development. I know that you guys have going on. So thank you for all that you do. You've been in this community for a long time. So while I have you and we're talking about basketball, I might as well throw this on you. Can you answer <laughs> for us once and for all, who was the GOAT? Was it Jordan or LeBron James? Jordan, without a doubt. Jordan, without a doubt. All right. That's who I would say. Of course. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Now that we got that straight. Uh, and we're still on for fishing tomorrow. Absolutely. Are we fishing? Ron said that he caught some 12-pound bass. I don't know. Oh, it sounds like a fish story. It's, it's in the phone. The picture right. is in the phone. We're going to have to take a look at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, again, thank you guys so much. Uh, for joining this group and just having this conversation and being part of this dialogue. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to honor your time. I know it's valuable um, and also value your thoughts and I appreciate uh, your willingness to be a part of what I hope to be an ongoing discussion. Uh, I think this just needs to be a starting place. Uh, this will help cause us to ask questions of our own lives, help us to hopefully become better people to gain some understanding, some wisdom and some knowledge to see things different. Mm -hmm. uh, I know we all need friends who are safe in our life to talk to, right? Because not everybody's safe to talk to. And we need people that won't judge you or expect you to know it all, but love you for who you are, but also people that don't share the same perspective. Mm -hmm. It's good to have other people that, that see things differently than you. If all you ever talk to mm -hmm. are people that think like you and see things like you, then your world's gonna be pretty small. Uh, small thinking leads to a small world. And so we want to kind of broaden our thinking. Uh, and so I know that that's what this conversation is going to do. So let's just start here with all that's happening uh, in our nation. How are you personally feeling and processing the violent killings of Ahmaud Aubrey, uh, Breonna Taylor, and, and of course now the, the sickening death that we all saw of George Floyd uh, and how the world is responding. Like, where are you personally? Where Where is your mind? Where is your heart in this season? Bishop, why don't you just kind of kick us off? Sure. Um, thank you, Pastor. Um, personally, I'm feeling mixed emotions. Um, on a sad note um, that this is happening in our country. Um, being brought to the forefront. It's sad. It, it, it saddens me because we, we are human. We're all of one race. We're of the human race. Right. Mm -hmm. And to see people mistreated, um, again, my, uh, I'm a, as a pastor, it's, it's a different heart. I have a different heart, not from anyone else, but um, my heart goes out to com compassionate for people doesn't matter what, what, what you look like, my heart goes out for people. And so when I see these instances and those we even have not seen, um, it saddens me, that's why I say I have mixed emotions, it saddens me to see how that we can treat one another. Um, and, and in some cases, there's no justice, there's no uh, retaliation, not retaliation, but there's no uh, being taken care of, right. for lack of right. a better term. Um, it's, it's saddening. 
it, it's saddening to to know that um, just because of the color of your skin, um, I can treat you a certain kind of way, um, and I don't feel anything. That's the sad part. Right. I can hurt you, and I don't feel anything. I can mistreat you, and I don't feel bad about it. Um, on the other side, I'm happy in the sense that this is being brought to the forefront, that it is being brought out in the public so the world, not just Erie, not just Minnesota, not just other cities, but the world can see what's going on. Absolutely. Um, and so that's a good point, and hopefully it'll be good in, this, in the sense that it just won't be seen, but there will be action taken to make a change. Right. I, I think that's important, what you said lastly, is that there has to be action for change, yeah. you know. Too often, you know, we spend time protesting and getting outraged and angry for, you know, six, eight weeks, and then it fades away, you know. I think with uh, what's going on across the nation now, there needs to be a formation of um, committees, uh, task force, coalitions, to address uh, the variables that are involved in this here and uh, call that to action, yeah. you know, yeah. so that um, we all can get together and begin to address uh, the issue, the main issue, and put something in place so that this doesn't happen uh, again, as it does every two or three years to uh, individuals that look like me. Yeah, we, we do seem to be a culture of outrage where we get fired up in a moment, yeah. right? A moment of intensity, but then there's no consistency behind the response and how to how we respond in this. What about you, Vicky? Would you say you know all these events leading up to this moment? Uh, obviously, there's this been this infection. I think that we've had. It's mm -hmm. just now coming mm -hmm. to the surface. Mm -hmm. but how's it impacted you personally, and, and what's kind of went on in your your heart and mind? Uh, for me. I haven't even watched the whole, um, mm. that whole eight minutes and 46 seconds yeah. that this man laid dying. I, I couldn't bring myself because yeah. that could be any one of my sons. Right. That could be any one of your sons, any of our mm -hmm. So having to watch that, I was so sickened by the first two or three or four minutes yeah. of it. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. Um, and to know that that wasn't an isolated case. This was one that got the attention, it got caught on cameras, and it got the attention of the nation, yeah. the whole world. Um, and it brings to the forefront that we cannot continue like this. It's just totally unacceptable that we continue like this. So not only do the, uh, that we have to make a change. Churches have to make a change. Yes, yes. It, and it starts within your own home. How do mm -hmm. you, what are your biases for real? Right. You have to be honest with your own self. Mm -hmm. And unless we're honest with ourselves, so, this is going to continue to happen. We can march. How long have we been marching? Mm -hmm. And we're still dying. Still mm -hmm. dying horrible. This man died for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Yeah. And so enough is enough. And I believe that 
God has, it's not an accident that they're, they're talking about this over in Berlin, in China, in, in Ghana. It's reached the whole world is saying enough is enough. It's not just those in Minnesota. It's not just us here in Erie or Chicago or New York City. The world. And I believe that's an outcry. It's a clarion call that we must make yeah, changes. Yeah, that's good. That's true. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I couldn't watch. Yeah. It's just I'm maddening. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Ron? Like, what's going on in your in your mind? A lot. Um, it's still, it's really, it, to me, I'm be honest with you, I don't, I'm really trying to not watch so much stuff on TV mm -hmm. and hear so much stuff because you get your mind filled with, mm -hmm. it's just, it, to me, it's overwhelming. I'm just, this is me personally. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, I really don't, I really seldom talk to my wife and my kids about it. Um, just because it can be really overwhelming. You can get to the point where you become really angry mm -hmm. and you begin to look at white people in a different light mm -hmm. and and you don't wanna judge people that you've had close relationships with the people that you have had relationships with that are, that are not black, that are white, mm -hmm. you know? And what starts to come back to my mind, you know, you start thinking about some things that I went through, you know, on my job, and at the time it was just like, oh, it wasn't God, it was just one time for, it wasn't my time, God didn't allow me to advance, but I was talking to my wife about this the other day, about how you get overlooked so many times on your job. Mm -hmm. And I worked in a certain uh, company here and here that I was maybe one of two black people that worked in that company, and I remember, um, and I was a Christian, young, you know, zealous, excited about the Lord, really wanted just to reach people, whether they were black, white, whatever. I just had a heart for people like yeah. the pastor's talking about. So I, didn't, I wasn't looking through the lens of, oh, they're racist or yeah. they're prejudiced. I was looking at, well, it's just not my time right now. Mm -hmm. I remember spending a lot of time in this, in this uh, company, and I should have been advancing. I remember training someone to do to be a manager of the department where I actually knew everything about the pro about the uh, department mm -hmm. and here I'm I'm training this particular person to take over that position and I'm like at the time I just thought oh it's just you know it wasn't my time God mm -hmm. right where you look back and you're like wow that was to me racism and I those things start kind of drumming back up of just events that I had went through because I didn't get raised, I wasn't raised to, to look at color. My grandparents didn't raise me that way. My grandparents, my mom didn't raise me that way. We were always taught to treat people the way you want to be treated, yeah. to respect all people. So some of the, some of the experiences that I had weren't, weren't bad. You know, you even think about like this police brutality. A lot of men that are on the force now I went to school with, I had good relationships with. I didn't have any bad run-ins with the police. I wasn't racially profiled, but that's my experience where I hear other people went through that. But then when you start seeing these things happen, it's like, wow, now I'm becoming angry. I'm becoming upset. And I have to really check myself and say, Lord, is, is this right? You know, I go to church here. 
It's predominantly white. I grew up, I grew up in a predominantly black church. Mm -hmm. So a lot of different things are just running through my mind as far as how people look at you, yeah. how people respond to you. Um, you just, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a, this is a tough time that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any, I don't have all the answers. Um, I talk to my young people, you know, um, they're, you know, of course their thoughts is the pol all police are bad. All police are, you know, but not all police are bad. Right. But there are some bad police out there. Right. And, and, you know, I'm, I might seem like I'm kind of running on a tangent because I'm just really sharing my heart. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. But this generation is not going to put up with a lot of what you're seeing right now. True. And, true. and where it's funny how we look and just thinking about what James was saying about we have to begin to put forth action. We have to be very intentional about what we're going to do That's right. to, to rectify this right. thing that has been going on for 400 years that was intentional. Um, so that was intentional. So that's something that we now have to begin to become intentional about really bridging that gap um, among black people yeah. and really seeing the value in the importance of black lives. Yeah. You know, so um, my heart is at this. There's a lot going on yeah. in there. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned, you know, about your, your parents and the way they brought you up. I mean, I had the gift of of great parents too, mm -hmm. you know, that brought me up. And someday I want to share with you, mm -hmm. you know, kind of how I was brought up. But I think it speaks to the fact that we have a responsibility as parents on how we talk about this with our our kids. Mm -hmm. And I know since you know, Vicky, you guys have had fourteen kids <laughs> and forty grand, forty plus grandkids. Like, mm -hmm. what are you? What's the message to them? Like, how? What do those discussions look like now? You know, how do you talk to them about what's going on in our nation? Well, uh, raising um, our children, we raised our children, there were certain things we taught them, such as um, when you go into the store, hmm. you're black, they automatically are going to think that you're there to steal something. So don't put your hands in your pockets. Let them see your hands at all times. Do not come out the store without a receipt, mm -hmm. and your item has to be in a bag. I have sent them back to the store to get a receipt and a bag. And a bag. Preparing them for the fact that you can't walk in the store like your white counterparts. You're going to be under suspicion every time you come through the door. And that's sad, but that's true. And it was true when, I was, when we were raising them, mm -hmm. and now to have to tell my grandchildren. Be careful when you're running down the street. You can't just go for a quick jog. It was heartbreaking to tell my children that as a black young man, you go in the store, they have to see your hands at all times. Now I have to tell my grandchildren, you be careful right. running down that street. You be careful. It, and it's, it's sad and it's sickening. Mm -hmm. And as Mr. Paisley said, I have to watch it. I don't get angry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And I was sharing with Bishop yesterday or today that um, we have to remember that God is yet in control. And he said vengeance is his. He's going to take care of any injustice. God's going to take care of it. We do have to do our part, but ultimately, God is the judge, and he's going to do what's right. And he, he said vengeance is his. He's going to repay. And however he sees fit to do that, it's how he sees fit to do it. But it's a sad state of affairs when I have to tell my grandchildren, I have to not, not reiterate just what I said to your dad, but I have to add to it. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's saddening and yes, I have to be careful that I don't get angry. Off, off topic a little bit, but not really. Um, are you hopeful that there will be a day, God help us, we need to have that day where you're not giving that same message to your great-grandchildren, you know, or their children, right? Are you hopeful that that day is? Honestly, no. No. I think it's going to be an individual thing. It's going to mm -hmm. be on an individual basis. Um, you can't legislate people's hearts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You can't. Mm -hmm. But you can fix your own heart according to the word of God. Line up with the word of God, but you can't legislate people's hearts. Now you can, you can put laws and practices in place and policies to try to hedge off some of this and guard against some of this, but you can't change people's hearts. I totally agree. I, I, sorry about this. That's okay. I totally agree. You can't change the heart of people. Only God can change the heart of children. Yes. Right? And, you know, like you said, you could put all these laws, and there should be laws in place. In place. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But people would still be We've seen it. Yeah. We've witnessed yeah, yeah. that. Mm -hmm. That there have been laws, and people are still who mm -hmm. they are. You mm -hmm. know? Um, people's heart have to change. Yeah. That, that's really what has to happen. Mm -hmm. we, we definitely have to do the what I'm going to say, the lands of the law thing, mm -hmm. but that's not going to change the heart of the spirit of a man. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, um, as my wife was speaking, we, we, we started having, we had our first child 44 years ago, and she was teaching them during that time. And so now we're up 44, 45 years later, and we've got to teach our grandchildren mm -hmm. the same thing. Um, so I've heard, I heard someone say just recently, um, when Martin Luther King uh, Jr. marched for what the rights that he marched for, it seemed like we're stepping backwards. Mm -hmm. We haven't made the progress that we did, may have made. Mm -hmm. Is we're going backwards yeah. now, and we're losing that, and maybe have lost that. Mm -hmm. And so, you, I think you had asked her, you would think things will get better and, and change. I, I think I don't know if we'll see that uh, in our lifetime, but I think this is a time where change can begin to happen, mm -hmm. and change will not happen overnight. Uh, even with policies and procedures, change will not happen overnight. It's going to take those, and it's going to take the people people seeing and, and, and wanting to be, be affected for their heart to change, yeah. mm -hmm. because that's what's going to change. We probably won't see it, but I think this is a time in our lives where it is a pivotal point, a pivotal point 
where things can change right. or things will get worse. Right at that tipping point. We're at, at the, the tipping point. Mm -hmm. Either we capitalize on it or, or, we, or we lose it totally. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that's where we are in life. I heard someone say, matter of fact, my wife had mentioned, you're going to see me reference to her a lot. She's a very powerful woman. Um, there, we, we know the scripture where this, um, God said, well, it was said that God was silent for 400 years. Mm -hmm. After 400 years, he began to speak. Ron made reference to 400 years of slavery. And it was silent. So I believe these, these clarion calls and these things that are happening now could be God being, uh, not being silent anymore, but putting the call out, we must make change. There must be change. And I think you see that by um, the people being involved in the protests. You know, it's not just uh, my race or one race mm -hmm. in all the protests. It's a, a mixture of exactly. um, these young people that um, have these different, I these different ideas and viewpoints that are very similar because they grew up in this technological world uh, as it is today. Right, right, so right. they see things uh, with a different lens of their eyes, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed yeah. to uh, when Ron and I grew up or when yeah. Pastor mm -hmm. uh, grew up, uh, it, it's quite different now, you know. Uh, protests used to be only those people that were uh, a part of or have been involved in mm -hmm. whatever has occurred in that city or that right. town, you know. Right. But now, just to understand that uh, this is not right, mm -hmm. we have to do something about it, you know. Uh, I think that's the attitude that people are having now, you know, understanding that a wrong is a wrong. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to change it, we all have to come together and work, work on it. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I know that Ron, Ron said his conversations with his own family have been a little bit minimal because still trying to figure out how to process this. Mm -hmm. What does it look like around your dinner table? Like what are those conversations you're having with your your wife and, and your kids? I mean, um, you know, my wife is Caucasian and I'm African American, so our viewpoints are different, you know, but uh, we support one another on how we think, uh, what's going on within the world today. Uh, we all, we've had conversations with our son uh, about what he should do, like you have with your sons and, and, and grandkids now, um, when he's out in public, when a police approaches him, when he's driving and he gets pulled over, when he's in a, a rural town uh, and things like that. Those are conversations we continue to have with our son who is uh, 20, 24 years old today. I mean, this month, you know. Um, Change, change has to be intentional, you know. Uh, in order for it to be lasting, it has to be intentional. You know, even the change within myself, you know, having more intentional conversations and being open, honest, and frank about the discussions mm -hmm. instead of holding back and uh, fulfilling the expectation that Caucasians uh, mm -hmm. want you to, to feel mm -hmm. in their eyes, you know until we begin to have those types of conversations with people that look like yourself mm -hmm. and we bring them into this here, um, we're not gonna have much much change, you know? We can sit here all day, all day long and have discussions about what we need to do, but we can't do it by ourselves, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It has to be a cross-section of uh, 
what this, this city looks like. It mm -hmm. has to be representative of uh, the communities that are being served. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. we have to come together uh, to, to make an impact. You know, yeah. uh, if we really want something that's going to be significant and um, happening across all lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So too, may, may I add too? Yeah, absolutely. If I'm understanding you correctly, um, one of discussion, one of the discussions that we were having is that um, when the knee is off the neck, and they are going to get that knee off the neck, mm -hmm. what are we going to do? Exactly. What are we going to do? So, are we do we have a plan? Incident? Do we have any kind of plan in place? Do we have a plan in place? And that's why we have to get together now and begin to have these hard conversations mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. come up with a plan, with a plan. Um, for our community. Mm -hmm. right? You know, there's an incident just occurred in our city not too long ago that's similar. You know, and unfortunately, mm -hmm. the action hasn't occurred. That need, we all know what needs to happen, but it hasn't occurred. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is just continue to perpetuate that we have uh, no authority over our community. Yeah. You know, we have no conversation that can change things in our community. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a march just uh, this past Saturday. I think a lot will come out of that march that was had on Saturday, only because the march wasn't supposed to happen, didn't get the permit, mm -hmm. and we're, they're gonna march anyway. And then, you know, the administration, the county executive, the mayor, everyone came together and said, okay, we're gonna do this together so that we can ensure that uh, it happens positively, mm -hmm. you know? And um, that's the first step, but it can't be the only step. Correct. Absolutely. No. Real quick, because I know my wife and my, my wife's going to be watching this. So when you say mineral conversation, we've had conversation, but I know there's people who are like talking about this every single day mm -hmm. and because it's, it's in the media every single day. We've had meaningful conversation. We've had in-depth conversation. So yeah. mineral meaning that it's not every single day, but yeah. it, it is definitely right. meaningful conversation. And the, you hear that, Annalie? Yeah, yeah, make sure. Yeah, um, we know you've been talking. I, I, agree I, I do sit on a on a on a on a committee um, with. I, I guess I'm allowed to say this. I don't think it's a secret. Um, but uh, SPC, mm -hmm. SPCP. I think yes. I, I think Shirai, you were in that yes. meeting as well. So um, there is there is definitely some conversation going on with the incident that happened with the police officer and the young lady. And I'm believing, I'm hoping, prayerfully, that something comes out very soon to this to the media, um, because that incident was definitely yeah. uh, inappropriate, yeah. and, and it's really got our city in an uproar. Mm -hmm. um, so it's mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I know that uh, you know, like you, I couldn't I couldn't watch the whole George Floyd mm -hmm. murder. Um, it was just, it was gut-wrenching on so many different levels. And I've also always been the person, too, that thought, man, we don't, I've shied away from talking about some things because mm -hmm. I feel like, obviously, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think we're kind of past that time a little mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the, the weekend keyboard warrior, though, either. 
and type out something, you know, real quick and make it look like, you know, that I'm taking a part in it without actually backing that up mm -hmm. either. I, I never wanted to be that person. Um, and so I'm curious, Bishop, mm -hmm. after that incident, like, what did you preach on at your church? What did that next Sunday look like, you know, for you? you what was that message that you gave? Well, I just recently, I don't know if it was immediately after the incident, but just recently I preached on my brother's, my, my brother's keeper. Yeah. And the reference is to John, Cain and Abel. And I sort of broke it down and said, what does it mean to be a keeper? It is like, it's like a rose, mm. and the, the keeper of the rose are the, thorn, the thorns. Um, you know, it's, 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 am I responsible for my brother? And he said, he says, God says, where is your brother? He says, I don't know. So I'm not, first of all, I'm not being responsible. I don't know. Yeah. Am I my brother's keeper? Emphatically, yes, you are. You're the oldest. You should be responsible for your brother. You should be your brother's yeah. protector. That's right. You should be your brother's right. provider. You should look out for your brother. And so what I went on to say in that message is that I think God is, is, is bringing us back to us being our brother's keeper. I, I, said, I said we have lost the ability to be our brother's keeper. And so when we lose that ability, we become selfish and self-centered. Mm. And so God is saying, but that's not who you are. You've got, we've got to come back. And, and I think this is why it's not just a local thing. It's just not a national thing. It's a worldwide thing where God is saying, you are responsible for your brother. Yeah, he, he, he's, he, he was in Minnesota, but England, you are responsible. You are your brother's keeper. And so that's the message I tried to get out yeah. and to, to make us understand. Doesn't matter what I look like. Doesn't matter the color of my skin. I am my brother's keeper. That's good. I love that. I love that. About you, James, I know has got a lot of influence being the director at the Martin Luther King Center. I don't Center. Know how much influence I've <laughs> got a lot, my friend. Um, what was that message for you after that weekend? I mean, what, what are you, what's the word you're trying to get out to the community that you serve? I don't know. It's just, this is not what we're all about. Hmm. You know, um, the simple thing. We can't let one bad apple spoil the whole bunch, yes, you know. There's going to be, unfortunately, a bad apple in the bunch once in a while. But we can't paint everyone with the same brush, you know. What we need to do is remove that apple so it doesn't infect the rest yes. of them, mm -hmm. you know, and make them rotten right. to the core, you know. Uh, Ron mentioned the SPCP, you mm -hmm. know, uh, working with the mayor's administration, the police force in Erie and community members to come up with um, criterias, plans, actionable items for change so that we can begin to build that relationship within our community where our children begin to trust those in authority that wear a badge or a helmet, right. you know. But um, this incident that just recently happened in our city is, I believe, really pushing that back. You know, mm -hmm. and um, how it's uh, not being addressed immediately uh, sends a negative sends a negative signal mm -hmm. to our community mm -hmm. that have worked so hard under this mayor to make positive change. Yeah, you know, um, so it's it's it's. Um, and I know there's a lot of our law enforcement 
that are on the same page. We have a lot of police officers and that are going to be watching this that are part of this church as well. They feel disgusted at you know what's yeah. going on in our nation too. So you're there's, absolutely right. There's a lot of great policemen that work on our force. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, that are involved in our kids' lives and the kids that we touch on a regular basis. Right, right. You know, but you know, in life, there's always going to be, unfortunately. That, that one individual or that one incident that occurs that, you know, uh, paints a black eye for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the, the things that makes this so um, heart-wrenching is the fact that there were three other officers that was holding this man down. Now, come on. Not one of you had the courage to say, no, no, we can't do this. This is wrong. Nobody? And I had um, the attorney for one of the guys say that the, um, all those people standing around with the, their phones out, uh, videoing the whole thing, why didn't you do anything? And I thought, oh my God, why didn't you do anything? Right. Really? Not the police? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you get a whole bunch of that and it, Breathes. If God doesn't help you, mm -hmm. you'll become angry, angry. And I said that I'm not hopeful that it will change overall. I believe that individually mm -hmm. we can change, right. but overall, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So I have another question. Mm -hmm. um, being a a white pastor. How do I really empathize with something I will never experience, more than likely, um, or understand? Because we, we tend to dismiss the things that we don't know about, the, the things that we'll never you know, have to experience in our life. We dismiss those. So how do I, as a white pastor leading a predominantly you know, Caucasian church, um, how do I empathize with those things that I have never experienced? Help me out, James. I mean, simply put yourself in the same shoes of that individual, mm -hmm. you know, and to turn it up on yourself and say, you know, how would I feel in that situation? Like they say, walk a mile in my shoes. Mm -hmm. Start walking a mile in the shoes that you don't have on, you know. Um, you're the leader of this here huge conglomerate up here, this huge church. People are looking to you to bring them answers and to bring them understanding, you know. And so in order to get that understanding, you're, you're doing a good job now. You're talking with people mm -hmm. of color that can give you some background and some knowledge, you know. But in order to imp imp be empathetic, for a situation, you have to understand it, you know. We know you're not gonna be able to live it, but you have to understand it, you know. Uh, delve into what's going on in the nation, see how it's impacting people of color, you know, and, and put yourself into that situation, you know. Uh, I think that's the first step. Right. If, if I can interject, you, you said something about being a white pastor and you can't feel what, what's going on. I, I have to disagree with you uh, in that respect um, because we, you felt pain. You, you felt rejection. 
you felt disappointment. Um, same thing that's happening here. They're only feel, the reason they're feeling it is because of the color of their skin. Okay, so you, you've, you felt those things, so you can, you can relate. You can relate to pain, you can relate to rejection, you can relate to being, you know, to, to whatever. Um, and we have to be aware, like, oh, I'm not black, so I can't feel that. Yet you can feel pain. Yet you can feel when, you're, when your son is, or your daughter's abused. You can relate, you can relate. So now the only, relate, the only thing you can't relate is the color of the skin. But the same results is because of whatever. You can feel pain. You can feel these things. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to get the people to understand. Yeah. Oh, I can never feel what they feel. Aren't you human? Yes, you can. Yeah. You have to realize and be conscious that I can feel mm -hmm. what they feel. It's just not coming on me because of the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. It's coming on me because of another reason. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I think in, in these big, painful moments yes. that have happened, what I... I don't feel like it's, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy, right? Sympathy mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. I hurt for you. Mm -hmm. Empathy is I hurt with you. With you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, what I, I'll never understand or experience is being followed, being oh. looked at into a store. Okay. When I go into a store, oh. I want to experience that. I mean, how is it? Is it just conversations and just getting real with people that help us to really understand, like the yeah. what daily goes on? You know, in the black communities. Mm -hmm. Listen, everything you guys said is great. And just be who you are. Be yeah. genuine. Be authentic. Be transparent, and be willing to be mm -hmm. held accountable. Yeah, that those are integrity is is huge for me. Yeah. You know, when I look at you know, people look at me, because I'll be honest with you, the places that God has placed me, sitting on this stage, I'm like, why am I even on this stage? When you ask me to speak to our congregation, I'm like, why am I speaking to this congregation? When I'm asked to sit on a council that's supposed, that I'm supposed to be a community, a representation of the community, why am I sitting on this committee? Because I just look at myself as I'm just wrong. I'm grandma's grandson, I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm, just a, I'm just a young man from Erie who just, I love Erie. My wife doesn't want to be in Erie. <laughs> she wants to move. But I, I just want to be here. Yeah. I want to be here, I want to see Erie change. I just want to see Erie thriving. Yeah. I just want to see Erie be something that people can be proud of. Mm -hmm. I don't have a desire to leave. I don't want to leave. I always have a desire to travel, but I always want to call Erie my home. Mm -hmm. This is where I was born at. This is where I was raised at. I want to see things advancing. I said all I have to say this is that I look and say, how, why am I here? Why am I doing these things? It's integrity. You know, there's a scripture that says that, you know, your name is more valuable than rubies. Yeah. Um, you don't judge a person by the color of skin, but by, the, their, by the, right. their, their, their character. You know, and and right. I really believe that that's why I'm where I'm at, is because of the character and the mm -hmm. integrity that I have displayed through my life so far. Mm -hmm. Through God. And I think that that's where we, as the body, white, black, Puerto Rican, whatever, color, being 
authentic, be, have an integrity, be willing to be held accountable when you do something wrong, be willing to, when someone approach you about something, be open to say, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. you're right, I missed the mark here. Those are things, and that, that has to do with what you said, Sister Vicky. it's about the heart. Mm -hmm. It's about the heart. Just be who you are. Mm -hmm. Don't force it because then if you think that, oh, I got to force this situation, I'm not, I'm not black. So, uh, you know, it's just be who you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and lead this congregation how God has placed in your heart to lead. Right. But also be willing to be open when someone does approach you about, just be honest, about someone in your congregation, maybe in your leadership that is coming off a certain way that maybe a little yeah. not godly or not human, you know? So I think just be who you are. And I think you're very intentional about what you're doing mm -hmm. because your congregation is gonna follow you. Absolutely. You know, as they see you, they'll follow yeah, you. Mm -hmm. They're gonna become how, I should say like how you are, but you should be the representation. Mm -hmm. You're the leader. There's a reason why God placed you as a leader, mm -hmm. you know? And so your church, your congregation, your people will, will follow your lead. As you can see with all the stuff that you do in this community, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. that that's, they're following that. Mm -hmm. But now when it comes to relationships with people and how we are interacting with people, that now has to be genuine because you're very genuine in what you're doing. So therefore, this congregation needs to follow your lead. Right. Let's talk about the church then in general, and not just this church, mm -hmm. but the, the capital C church. <laughs> what should we be doing in this season? Like, what's our part to play? What can we do? What would you like to see the churches in Erie doing to help bring about, you know, reconciliation? What was that? What's your heart for the church? Follow Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> if we do that, everything will fall into yeah. place. And we have to always know that, um, and for you, um, Pastor Kobe, God, did you not know that God made you white on purpose? It was no accident? He, he, what? Well. <laughs> he could, What's that he DNA test called? <laughs> 23 and me? I did answer. I have to share with you what my okay. DNA is okay. later on. Okay, okay, okay. But you're not a mistake. Right. And, right. and he creates us in a way that he would get glory out of our lives. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And he can get more glory out of Pastor Colby's life with his lighter complexion mm -hmm. than he could if you were darker. For you, mm -hmm. for you, darker, for you, darker, for you, darker, for me, so darker. That, but, but he is no mistake. Yeah. But he allowed us into the earth realm to make a difference for him, for his sake, right. so that he could get glory. As it is in heaven, so shall it be done on the earth realm. He gets glory in heaven. He wants glory on earth. So he trusted you with your white skin to come into the earth realm. And he trusted me with my dark complexion to come into the earth realm and manifest his will, his purpose in the earth realm. That's right. That's right. And it's no mistake. no mistake. And it's our job. We're responsible for what we do. Mm -hmm. We, we all have job. a role. We have all of us, up. yes. You know, that's, that's I'm in social services because that's where I'm supposed to be. Right. Okay. It's not that um, 
I'm here by mistake. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have a job that has to be completed. Mm -hmm. I was chosen to complete this task. You know, otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, how I do it, I have to be mindful of what he tells me. Yeah. You know, in order yeah. to carry out, you know, what he put into my heart. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm I'm doing what I'm doing. That's right. You know. Um, ha have the ability to touch lives, you know, to have these conversations with people of our community, to develop partnerships, to get things accomplished, you know, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. bring people together so that we can work better as a team to impact change across our whole community, you know. We all have specific roles. Absolutely. You know, and those are already put within us mm -hmm. even before we know it. Yes. We have to just um, follow that path. Sometimes we all get let off, you know, but eventually, you know, it, it comes out within you. Right, right. And so there was, it's not a mistake that you have us mm -hmm. here today talking mm -hmm. to you. No, I think I got the right, right. people right. in the room <laughs> yeah. about what we're talking about. What we're talking about, about. absolutely. You know? And so, first of all, we have to inhale, exhale, take a chill pill and relax and know that you're not a mistake. God knows what he was doing. He knows. And be all right. What Paul said, be content in wherever situation you're in. Being content being black, you be content being white. God said, we put them two together, we can make something happen. Good. And if I can uh, go off what you said about the church. The, the church, um, the church is together. Okay. The church, the body of Christ is together. Um, individual churches, um, I, I think we have some work to do. Um, yes. White churches, black churches, that's first of all, that's wrong <laughs> because there's only one church. Um, but Absolutely. cultural, and, and that's all, uh, that's all that okay. is understandable. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we have to look within our churches and we as leaders have to portray the right heart, the right message to the people because as I think someone said, they're going to follow the leader. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you know, like people like priests. Mm -hmm. So if they, people are looking at you as an example, so what you do, they're going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to share an experience um, that's, that's really not a good experience, uh, but it's a true experience. Uh, my wife and I went to a congregation, and I won't say where it was. I won't say it was even locally. But it was a, a nice-sized congregation, uh, predominantly white. Um, so we pull into the parking lot, and we get out. Uh, we go into the church. Um, we sit down. We serve the service. We come out of the church. No one spoke to us. Doing hundreds that whole, of hundreds, people. hundreds of people looked at us and did not say hello, welcome. Mm -hmm. The only conversation we had with someone from that church is when we went back to the parking lot, our car was next to theirs, and we said something like, they said, like, excuse us. Because if we had both opened our door at the same, same time, time, it wouldn't have been good. So, so we're talking but, church, yeah. we're talking body of Christ, we're talking members. And I've said, the world is, we should be the example to the world. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and if we can't get it right, mm -hmm. then we can't expect the, the world to get it right. So it, it begins, it's not the fault of that church, mm -hmm. I don't per se, but maybe, I don't know what the answer. Maybe they weren't uh, a loving church. Maybe they were just strict, you know, I don't know. But we're members. Mm -hmm. You, you know, we may body. not be the eye, but yeah. we may have been the foot or we may have been the arm. We're members mm -hmm. and you're going to sort of, push me aside and not, not even speak, not even say hello, not even welcome. Um, and so that's really, that's really a, a scar 
or, mm-hmm. or, or on the church, on the body of Christ. So I think we have to address those, some issues. And we know within our congregations. We might not say it publicly, but we know what's in our congregations, and we know the areas in it that mm-hmm. has to be addressed. Mm-hmm. We have to be honest and address those mm-hmm. if we want to see change. Yeah, I tell people all the time, Hey, we're all the church. Mm-hmm. Some of us just got here a little before you did. Right. So exactly. maybe we know a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. But, you know, we're all working. We're all working toward the common goal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, about not even interacting. We don't do that anymore very well. We don't have conversations yeah. that well with one another. Everything is online and texting and social media. How do we regain that art of being able to have conversations, and again, not just conversation for conversation's sake, but about this, about stuff that matters. How do we begin to do that again? First of all, we have to be intentional. That's what I was gonna say. We have to be intentional and be ready to accept whatever whatever responsibility we have to accept. Mm -hmm. Now, um, coming up, I came from a big family, and my oldest sister in 1968 married a Caucasian man. She's darker than I am, and her last name is Schwartz, okay? (laughs) But my mom in our home made absolutely no difference. Now, uh, he was shunned from his family. They disowned him, but in our home, there was no difference made. My point is, as leaders, people will follow and they will take their cues from you. And they're allowed to do that. Our children take our cues from us. We don't even have to say anything verbally all the time, but they watch you and they take their cues from you. So we have to intentionally, and it may seem like you're going out of your way, at first, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. We, we need this. Sacrifice. Sacrifice yourself. Hmm. Sacrifice yourself. Yeah. What would you guys say, Ron, about being able to just talk about things that matter like that since we don't know that much anymore? Like, how do we bring that back? It's been kind of... <laughs> The texting and all that, I think with us in this pandemic and not being able to get with people, I, I meet with uh, two friends of mine that I grew up with and we meet every Wednesday on Zoom. Well, actually, we only do Zoom. We do uh, Facebook Messenger. That's a little easier. But we see each other. Mm-hmm. We have a conversation. And, and our conversation is just open conversation. It could be we could end up talking about the last dance, you know, the Jordan uh, document, we talked about that. Um, we, we've talked about um, going golfing. We just talk about whatever, you know, we talk about when we were growing up in the neighborhood, um, down on Second Street, Second and Walnut, we talk, about, we talk about just anything, you know, um, and then there's times we talk about, you know, what's God saying, you know, we, I mean, so it's kind of just an open format of me and three uh, three friends of mine that we have a conversation with. Then there's, uh, I got invited to another group. There's a bunch of guys that we graduated uh, that we went to school with, high school. So there's probably about now nine of us in that, in this uh, this this time where we're actually chatting and we're talking. So, and I haven't seen these guys in years. So we've been intentional about 
think we're supposed to meet every month. We um, think we're that next week we'll be actually meeting. So, and they've been like sending texts in. They've been talking about this whole George Floyd situation. They're talking about you know everything that's going on in the media. So I mean, sometimes it becomes overwhelming because I'm like, I'm not answering that. They'll shoot a video. You've seen this, and I'm like, I'm not responding to that. So, and then one guy's like, you know what? We got a lot to discuss. So I'm sure we're going to have an array of different topics we'll be talking about. But I said all that to say this is that maybe it's just it's getting together. It's conversations like this. Mm -hmm. People that you, you know, you might not have probably reached out to that you're going to reach out to say, hey, you know what? I just been, you know, thinking about you. Let's let's go have a give what can have a cup, a cup of coffee, but maybe um, do a Zoom meeting or do FaceTime. But I think it's just. I think we keep saying the word intentional. Yeah. We just have to be intentional about what we're doing and um, start those conversations. Nothing's going to happen overnight. And, you know, when you build a relationship, it takes time. And I think it's going to take time as we continue to become intentional about getting together, um, sitting down with your congregation. Maybe it's an open conversation you need to have. Like, yeah. I know it's so easy to just talk to everybody, but how about say, hey, you know what, I'm just going to, today could just be a, we're just, I'm not preaching today. I'm just, just, I'm just throwing an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my yeah, yeah. It's just what I'm going to put you on the book. It may be necessary. Like, necessary no, I'm right? saying as far as you, I mean, as a pastor, I'm saying, okay, today I'm not preaching. Today I'm just going, I'm just going to open this up. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm just going like to mm-hmm. ask you. And it could, you know, like you're doing with us, yeah. you've had these array of questions. Mm-hmm. Boom. And just hit the congregation people can ask, you know. Of course, you set some parameters, you know, but it's just an open conversation, an open, honest conversation, you know. So, um, just being—that's kind of just maybe being do some things unconventional. This is unconventional what we're doing, yeah. You know, so I think, like Pastor was saying, we're just in a different era mm-hmm. now, and with social media, I think our young people—they—they they have they—they have they're they're available to so much more information than when we were I mean at the click of a just a click you know they can just google something boom the information comes up so yeah. they are really this generation is 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 ahead of us you know and I think I was talking to my daughter about this I said what we have to be careful about because I keep hearing this millennial 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 I said the one thing about millennials they have a lot of information but they they don't want to because now it could become to the point where they're thinking that they know more than the baby boomers <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can't have this generation thinking that because they have all this information, they know it. They're smarter now. And then they leave behind those baby boomers or the generation that was before them. Yeah. Those two generations need to come together come to, yeah. because mm-hmm. there is some information and there's some things that the previous generation has that we can work together. Mm-hmm. That's what needs to happen. Not one generation is better than the other. And so, you know, she's like, yeah, I that. you know, so, but, uh, there's a lot of fear involved in just even having the conversation. Right. So I mean, even even when this this started to break out, and I, I was thinking, all right, I need to call James. Mm-hmm. I need to call James. Mm-hmm. Even in my mind, though, I'm thinking, man, I don't know it all. I don't mm-hmm. know everything. And so there's still a little bit of hesitancy mm-hmm. in picking up the phone mm-hmm. and calling. I have that. Mm-hmm. And so how you know what are some of those other fears people have in just mm-hmm. engaging in conversations like. We have to have it all figured out, even though we don't, mm-hmm. right? But how can we get over, you know, some of that? I don't know if you, you know, feel that, but I certainly felt that. It just goes back to what we've been saying the whole time. Mm-hmm. It has to be intentional, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and it has to be open, honest, and frank dialogue, mm-hmm. yes. you know? 
and we all got to put our shields down and mm -hmm. accept it mm -hmm. for what it is mm -hmm. in order to come up with something to address our discussion, yeah. you know? Yeah. We, we can't be all sensitive, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and up in arms because you don't agree with what someone says, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. In order to get to the point where we come up with a plan or come up with an actionable item, we have to have these these Dialogue. discussions. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Nothing, can, nothing will move forward until we have these conversations. You know, uh, we, can, we can talk behind closed doors all we want to the people that we're close to, mm -hmm. but until we expand Data. that circle mm -hmm. and bring others into it, we're not going to get anything accomplished. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to have it all figured out. No, no, no you don't. don't. Love you listens. Don't. Yes. If we really love each other, we're going to listen. And love hides a multitude of faults yes, and sins. Yes, it, does. it covers. It covers. Yes, it does. It covers. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to get hypersensitive. Mm -hmm. Oh, that white man looked at me wrong. He's probably a racist. <laughs> Not necessarily. He was getting the side of his eye. You know what I'm saying? You become hypersensitive. And then that creates a whole nother set of problems. Um, I was going up um, uh, 45th in Washington Avenue, and um, there was a, a motorcycle police officer, and he had stopped a pedestrian. That alone was like, okay. Then I saw a car come down, a police car, and he zoomed in the, par in the driveway and turned around real quick. And something, and I wasn't doing anything wrong, but something wow. in my heart was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So I had to pull up behind him because I was the next car in line. And he was like flagging me on and, and like that. But I said, wow, now I'm hypersensitive. Mm -hmm. There was a mm -hmm. situation going on, mm -hmm. had nothing to do with me. He didn't even know I was black. but. The way that the, the, the air is, mm -hmm. I was hypersensitive. My heart started beating fast. <laughs> and, you know, all of these things. But we have to, that's why I say, chill. Mm -hmm. Everybody's, we've got to calm down so we can see what we need to do next that's going to be productive, mm -hmm. that's going to be insightful, that's going to invoke mm -hmm. change. Not just change for those who are white, but for all of us. When they get the knee off the neck, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And we all have blind spots, the biases that Absolutely. we have in our life. It was Miles McPherson. I was mentioning the wrote a book called I Am Third. Uh, and I would recommend everybody to read it. He talks about how you know these biases, these subconscious biases that we have keep us from really engaging in conversations mm -hmm. you know, with mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. And he said that the world was meant for, was made for right-handed people. And I know all of you are right-handed, <laughs> so you don't feel my pain, but the struggle is real, right? I'm a lefty, it's hard to find golf clubs, lefty mm -hmm. golf clubs, except when I do, they're on discount, generally. Mm -hmm. um, I could never write on the chalkboard in school because I'm just dragging my hand all through it, terrible penmanship. Um, but how do we, begin to recognize what he talks about is some of these subconscious biases that we have towards one another and where do they come from? Can I, can I start out with this? Oh, okay. okay. Um, give you an, an example. Uh, I think, first of all, someone has to bring it to our attention mm -hmm. because we may not, because it is so, it, it, it is so a part of us, mm -hmm. it's normal 
that someone has to bring it to our attention. Uh, and, and I refer to that uh, in reference to an experience of myself, and this is personal, uh, but I've shared it with my congregation and I've shared it with others. Uh, my dad is white, and so I'm biracial, and so, I, so down through life I had, because of the complexion of my skin, I sort of had some little advantages that a darker complected person would not have. But I was raised in a black community, and so by me being raised in the black community, everything that I saw was black. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I'm half white, I, you know, it's black. Mm. And even to the point where um, I'm black, you know, I'm looking, I literally, I'm looking in the mirror and my complexion is dark. Mm -hmm. It's because it's in, up Similar. here, mm -hmm. it's up here, mm -hmm. you know. And, and so mm -hmm. as time went on, you know, my wife and I finally had a conversation. She said, you know you're half white, right? <laughs> I'm like, who are, you, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? I'm, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm black, you know, I'm black power, you know, the whole nine. She said, you know you're half white, right? And so, and so someone had to bring to my attention, did you know what? Maybe I am. Mm -hmm. and, and so what happened actually is I found out my dad, who is white, I found my family. Three years ago, I have a, two, three sisters I never knew I had. Wow. White, completely. Down south white. <laughs> and so, but, but at, until that point, I was like, you can't tell me I'm light complected. You know why? Because it was a bias. It was something ingrained in my head. And until we address or someone brings to the attention of people, this is in your head you need to see it as it really is. And when she said that, I was like, it's like a light came on. Yeah. Like, I am a little lighter than you. <laughs> so, you know, it, it has to be brought to our attention that you are, maybe you are prejudiced, maybe you are biased. How do we, now, how do how I, do and I struggle from that point on. Mm -hmm. I struggled because like, I lost some time, you know, I struggled trying to find out now who am I? You know, how do I change my biases? And that was the hard part. Mm -hmm. is how do I change once it's been brought to my attention. Mm -hmm. right. So you, so once it's brought to your attention, then you have to be willing have to, to be accept willing things as they are. As they really are. Mm -hmm. And tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And they may be ugly. And some of it is ugly. But that's what you got to deal with. But it's with. still truth. You have to face it. Still truth. Yeah. And so being able to face it, even when it's ugly, even when it's not flattering. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's truth. It's your reality. You have to be able to deal with that. And it can be very difficult sometimes. Yeah. So you're just gaining awareness and information yeah. about the fact that, hey, I, I have things in my life Absolutely. that are biases I don't even really recognize or, or know. <clears throat> and you know, pointing those out, asking yourselves the question, you know, what's in my life? Yeah, yeah it's this funny, funny situation. You know, I was a case manager. Um, for adoption and kinship program at one time in my life. And so I would schedule appointments on the telephone, you know, uh, get a file, schedule an appointment, go out and mm -hmm. see someone maybe seven or 10 days later. Mm -hmm. So I um, had an older lady I had to go visit, schedule it, you know, and uh, I get to her door, I'm knocking on the door and she's not answering the door. I can see her peeking through the window. <laughs> and I'm like, so I go in, it's African-American lady, and we go into the kitchen and sit down at a small table. And you know out of your peripheral vision, you can feel someone staring at you. Yeah. And she's staring at me as I'm writing, asking the questions. 
And she says, can I ask you a question? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, are you the man I talked to on the telephone? <laughs> wow. I said, yes, ma'am. My conversation on the telephone, she assumed I was a white man. Mm. Okay, she couldn't figure out why this black man was here at my dinner table when I talked to a white man on the phone. And, and I can flip it too. Going out to Fairview, mm-hmm. I'll schedule an appointment. I go out to the trailer park and knock on the door, and they're looking out the curtain, and you know, I'm not that type of thing. And she says, Yeah, what do you need? Can I help you? That type of thing. I said, I'm here for our 9 30 appointment. I don't have no appointment with you. I said, Are you Mrs. Such and Such? She says, Yes. Mm. I said, I'm from Family Services. No, I talked to a white guy on the phone from Family <laughs> Services. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a, a lot of right. implicit biases that you don't know mm-hmm. or recognize right. just because you may not be there mm-hmm. or you may not see the person mm-hmm. or you may not have been in that situation yeah. until it occurs, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, so th- true. I thought yeah. I'd share that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it works yeah. very different. Yeah. Different avenues. We won't even recognize those unless we ask ourselves a question. Yes. Where in my life, Where in my life? do I have these? Yes. Biases? And you Be have to honest. wait for the answer. Wait for, wait the, for answer. the answer. Because yeah. the answer is within. And sometimes it takes a lot to pull up the truth, the whole truth, yeah. and nothing but the truth. <laughs> so help you God. Because you yeah. don't want to accept it. Because you don't want to accept it. You don't want to accept it. It's hard. It's difficult. Yeah. Absolutely. But in, for, but in order for change to happen, it ha- you have to address it. That's how change comes. Yeah. We often say change is probably one of the most difficult things you'll ever do in your life. But you got to do it. But if we didn't believe that Jesus could change a heart, oh. Oh, it would we be, shouldn't oh. be having the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. We wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We don't believe that the blood of Jesus saves us. Yes. But he also makes us siblings. Absolutely. Yes. That we are brothers, that we are yes. sisters in Absolutely. Christ, that we are one. And we do believe it has to start with that heart change. I can't mm-hmm. thank you guys enough right. for having this conversation. I mean yeah, that. I do believe you. that uh, this was an, a divine appointment Amen. that God brought you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can begin the dialogue. And like you said, there has to be some action. And I don't know what that is. And I just don't think it's enough for us to continue to say, well, we weren't part of the problem. Mm-hmm. We didn't create the current climate mm-hmm. that we're in. Mm-hmm. But we can do something about it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it starts with the conversation, starts mm-hmm. with recognizing mm-hmm. some of those areas in our life. And so I can't thank you enough for shedding some light on mm-hmm. that. Yes. Uh, any any final words, anything on your heart that you want to say, I'll, I'll just, I'll give you, you know, free reign. Bishop, let's start with you. Well, there. well first of all, I'd just like to say thank you for um, putting this form and this platform together to be able to address uh, to start the beginning in this area. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to say thank God for you and for your heart and for you putting this together. Because you could talk about it, but it took effort to put all this mm-hmm. together. And it's, again, it's just the beginning and it's just a start. But thank you for that. Amen. And I too, I echo what Bishop said. We thank you and we're excited mm-hmm. to see what God is going, what's going to be manifested yeah. through this. We're going to see a move. If we just stay yeah. with it, we're going to see something that is going to be remarkable. Yeah. So we're excited. Awesome. I'm embarrassed that it took this long. Wow. Honestly. So thank you. Thank you. Well, God, God just says there's a change about to happen. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, yes. We better get ready for yes. it. Get ready, you know? We yes. have to get ready for it. You know? um, 
everything that is going on from this point forward, you know, we have to be mindful of and, and try to find the understanding so we can be a part of it, you know, and not get left behind. That's so, good. That's good. Amen. Awesome. I appreciate appreciate you so much, Pastor, for um, extending an invitation for me to sit up here with you. Yeah, yeah it's my, my pleasure to be able to do it. So, I would say because if people are watching this, continue to have those open, yeah. honest conversations <clears throat> with each other. And be willing to listen to the person that you're across the table from mm -hmm. or in front of and not cast judgment. Mm -hmm on that person because we're at a time where people really people want to see change and so the change starts with you first right and so right. be open to the person people that you're going to come in contact with and not be offended because mm -hmm. there's going to be some heavy conversations that times people will have yeah. especially with this time of life. yeah but again thank you yeah man yeah. It's my pastor. Yes, sir. Amen. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate you guys. It wouldn't it be interesting to, for us to gather again three months from now and maybe see what has changed. See what has changed. If anything is different. Yeah. Bishop, would you close us out? Be honored. Let us pray. <clears throat> Father God, we just say thank you for this day. Mm. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your heart and your love for us. Father God, we thank you for this gathering and we thank you for each and every one that has participated. Father God, we thank you for what was discussed and what was we looking to be what was accomplished. Father God, we just thank you for your presence being among us and yes, giving us yes. the wisdom, the knowledge, uh, and the heart to share with hopefully a beginning to move on to an answer. Father, we know that we don't have the answers, but we know that you do. Yes. And we just yes, ask that you would download them and that you would share with the, share them with us, realizing that each of us may have a peace. Help us to come together to make yes. a whole. Father God, again, we thank you for Pastor Colby, uh, for his heart, uh, for, his, for his energy, for his love for you, and for the body of Christ. Father God, we thank you for each and every panelist. We ask that you will continue to bless them, provide for them, keep them and their families. Father God, we even pray for the technicians, those who are putting this together. We pray for those who will see this when this is aired, yes, that it will yes, touch God. their hearts. Yes. And Father God, because yes. that is what needs to be touched, yes. our hearts. Father, yes. turn our hearts. The scripture said that you would turn the hearts of the children back to the Father yes. and the heart of the Father back to the children. Yes. Father God, let this, as they see this, our hearts will turn back to you. And yes. Father, above all, let everything that is said, done, and, and, and received that you will receive the glory, the honor, and the praise. It is to your glory we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, church, man, what a great conversation that we had today. And I jotted down some notes that I just kind of want to share with you as we wrap this up. And one is for us just to stay awake. I believe that there is a spiritual awakening that's happening and that we need to just kind of lean into that. The Bible says, awake, O sleeper. And I don't want us to be a church that sleepwalks through the important things that are going on. Uh, around our nation right now. And, and I would also say, if anything, we've learned to speak up. Like speak up, not just in a moment of intensity. Let's not just be a culture of, of outrage, but be consistent in letting our voices get out there. A, a, a systemic 
problem requires a, a systemic solution. And so we need to get our voice out there more and more. And I believe peaceful, peaceful protests really are a great way to continue to bring about justice, uh, reformation. And then ultimately all this starts at home. Like it starts with you. It starts with looking at the person in the mirror and asking yourself, do I have some subconscious biases in my life and talking about that and talking with your your family about it, taking responsibility to lead yourself well, but also your families in this season. And then take that into your place of business and into your, your schools or, or even into our church, right? We need to take responsibility. No matter if we were part of the problem, we can be part of the solution. And so we are here in this moment to be a part of that solution, I believe. And then ultimately, man, we just gotta pray. Continue to pray and seek God. Racism is a spiritual problem and spiritual problems require spiritual solutions. And we need to beg God to move. And Jesus really is the answer. And I'm not trying to be flippant about that uh, or, or to, to be too simplistic when I say that, but we need Jesus. The world needs Jesus now more than ever. I believe that. And until we can learn to just come together as one, and really it's the blood of Jesus that unites us all together as one family. So let's be bold. Let's speak out. Let's look to ourselves first about some of the biases that we have. And let's just stay awake as a church and really lean in to the season that we are in. Thank you, church, for tuning in and listening to this very crucial conversation. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.